Well, calling it a code red for humanity, a United Nations panel on climate change out today warning that global warming is dangerously close to being completely out of control. Bob Kopp is a climate scientist at Rutgers University, one of the co-authors of this report, and joins us now here on Global News Radio. Bob, good afternoon, and thanks for joining us. Good to join you. All right, some strong words, obviously, from the United Nations today. What is, do you think, the biggest headline from this new report? What stands out most for you? So a few key points. So one is that we're experiencing widespread, rapid, and intensifying climate changes that are unprecedented in thousands of years, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of years, and that these are caused by human activities. We're seeing more extreme heat waves, more intense rainfall and droughts, more frequent and severe coastal flooding. And this is happening all around the world. Now, the Some report- of these changes are locked in, but many of them can be slowed and others stopped or reversed by limiting warming. Okay, I wanted to ask in you about that because I know the report notes that there is still some time for us to do something, but that window, it's closing rapidly? Well, so, so let's, let's pause on that because one and a half degrees Celsius, right? That's the international most stringent target. That's why we're saying we're running out of time to stay beneath, but that's not a cliff edge, right? Every increment of warming is an increment of risk. So the sooner we dial back our emissions, the less risk we take on. But it's not the case that, you know, below 1.5 is fine. We're already experiencing dangerous levels of, of, of warming and events associated with climate uh, with emissions. And it's not the case that above 1.5 is the end of the world. Every increment of warming is an increment of risk. The sooner we get to net zero, the fewer of those uh, increments we take on. Okay, you mentioned emissions. The report uh, you know, also talks about uh, actions. And uh, what sort of actions do you think do we need to take immediately, Bob? I mean, is a move away from fossil fuels? Is it that or is it something more? Well, so this report is about the physical science. The report that's going to go into detail on mitigation policy will be coming out in March. But what at the highest level this report says is that we need to get our net carbon dioxide emissions to zero and sharply reduce emissions of other greenhouse gases in order to stabilize the climate. And certainly that implies we need to transition away from fossil fuels, uh, at least fossil fuels that emit, you know, if we're emitting the carbon dioxide into the air and take on the host of other actions that you're familiar with and that will be more detailed in in the March report. Okay. I'm sure you've been watching closely the reaction to this report. Uh, What have the reactions been by governments around the world? And are you hoping that this report serves as a bit of a wake-up call? Um, Well, I certainly hope that it serves as a wake-up call. Um, You know, the IPCC process means that the summary for policymakers, a short version of the report, is negotiated line by line by the governments of the world with the scientists. So it's our accurate summary of our 3000 page plus assessment, but every nation of the world agreed to every line in that report. So they're, you know, they have delegates reading this report and agreeing to it. And then the next step is they're gonna take this report and you know, when they, in their own pol- domestic policies and when they meet together in uh, Glasgow in November for the next U- uh, framework convention conference of the parties, I hope they take what's in this report under consideration and use it if they, you know, to recognize that to hit the targets they've already agreed to with limiting warming, we need to immediate rapid and large scale reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. 
Yeah, and how do we get there? Because as you well know, agreeing to it is one thing, line by line, but actually then moving forward and putting some of those uh, agreements and things you've seen on paper into tangible uh, action is another. Yeah, well, so it's again, again, speaking as an author of this report, this report is about the physical science. It's about the challenge. It's not the report that addresses the mitigation policy options. Um, speaking as a private citizen, you know, what it means is like we need to be talking about this. Hopefully this report will, will consider, uh, bring that to the foreground. We need to be talking about it with our elected representatives. We need to be acting together as citizens to move policy that puts us on a trajectory uh, towards national and global net zero emissions. All right, let's return to the science if we could here, because what is the consequence, uh, I'll call it the consequence of the status quo, just maintaining where we are uh, right now. I mean, I think we've all felt and seen more extreme temperatures, uh, wildfires. We're currently battling some in this country in uh, BC amongst uh, other spots uh, across Canada. Uh, We've seen uh, hurricanes, the increase of uh, hurricanes as well. What is the consequence of the status quo? Well, the status quo is that we're emitting about 40 billion tons of carbon dioxide every year. And every ton of carbon dioxide we emit leads to additional warming. So the status quo is, uh, for emissions is not going to be holding the status quo for climate. It's going to be a world of continually rising uh, warming. So if we want to even keep the status quo on climate, we need to get to net zero emissions. And have we already seen, uh, Bob, do you believe some changes that are irreversible? Uh, yeah, we, we've seen some changes that are irreversible. I mean, many of them are effectively irreversible, right? If we were to stop emitting CO2 today, the temperature would not decline for many hundreds to, to thousands of years. What we would see is a stop of further warming. So, um, the warming is effectively irreversible on short timescales. We're also locking in changes in the oceans and ice sheets. If we were to stop warming today, you know, we would still see a more, multiple meters of sea level rise over the next several thousand years. But by stabilizing the temperature, we can reduce the possibility that we're going to see tens of meters of sea level rise, which is what you know, becomes plausible on those t- on timescales of centuries if uh, we uh, if we were to continue in a world with unchecked emissions growth. So, you know, we are every ton of CO two we're emitting into the atmosphere is creating additional warming, and that additional warming is creating additional risk, um, and those increments are quite hard to pull back out. All right, Bob, I really appreciate the time with us this afternoon. Thank you so much for uh, breaking this down and for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Bob Kopp is a climate scientist at Rutgers University, one of the co-authors, as you heard there, of that report released by the United Nations earlier today on climate change, in which they're calling it a code red for humanity. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.